feels like it's been a hot minute since we sat in this uh, room. We've been in a been saddle in, for the past couple in, weeks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no pun intended. Yeah. Busy. Yeah. Two, well, I say two weeks of the rodeo, but it's really more like 15 days for me or even more, actually. I, I was just there. I was there two days after it was over and probably three days before it began. Your mind is still a buzz. Dude, I, I'm still not caught up on sleep or anything else. Uh, I guess there's some business to attend to. I want to mention that this episode of Where the Pavement Ends is brought to you by Rob Roberts Gunworks. Probably, uh, Clay, would you say the best, would you call him a gunsmith? So much more than just a gunsmith, right? The Coating, dipping, they've got choke custom tubes, guns, choke custom tubes. guns. We'll test your ammo for you. We'll test your pattern stuff for you. Anything. I mean, you guys and uh, and hanging out with out out of all side of that. If you ever hunt with him, it's it's a fun camp. He's a good dude. Yeah, he's fun. They uh they create all those custom foul life guns you have, right? That are like all the logos. They're all green and yeah, like he, uh, the stock is engraved. The they do something to the bolt. They I know they they do like an internal gunsmithing to them, and then they do all the frill stuff. And then they come with a set of like three custom choke tubes or something like that, right? Yeah, if you were to if you go to the Benelli website and order a custom like Benelli out of their custom shop, mm-hmm. they send those guns to him. Really? And he tricks them all out. I and like the snow goose guns that have like that distressed white. <laughs> yeah, like, look and the thing. extra long tube. I don't know that yeah. OD green ones. The green ones are the prettiest. Have you seen the new rifle? The yeah. ri- the rifles with it. Really distressed cool. on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, if you're good. in the market for custom Benelli or you need some gun work done or their choke tubes, uh, we've turkey hunted with them. We've done a lot of coyote hunting with them. Uh, oh, that new pistol grip so awesome. He built that too, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yes, he did. Haven't shot it yet because I just got it at NWTF. But right. So she I guess pretty. <laughs> he's officially the official what do you want to call him he's so much more than a gunsmith but that's what you call him rob roberts so much more than a gunsmith <laughs> the gun renaissance man the gun guru the gun guru i don't know that's for him to decide what he wants to be called <laughs> rob that, roberts whatever gun is, works whatever it is it works it works that he works <laughs> they work check out his website check out his choke tubes if you're not uh in the market for a gun i i, I mean choke tubes are like shoes right like you, you gotta have more than one pair and there's a different use for each one of them you know and so even if you think you're happy with what you got check them out they're pretty rad we uh we as in clinton and i haven't been here in a couple weeks clay has been here holding down the fort he met with a politician was that last week last week stephanie phillips i don't know if it's aired yet stephanie phillips it it, yeah we put she wanted it up right away so i sent it to Allie in alaska and she got it up right away for me but so, so she's running for i was gonna say give us a little recap because we U- weren't here u.s senator from she Nevada, like us just like us she's i mean not born and raised here but her story takes kind of uh she likes everything that we like that's hunting, all that's gardening, farming. She's from the East Coast, but moved to Oregon when she was one or two. Lived there on her uh, some couple acres, 
and uh right over there in portland at the yeah uh, summer of love what'd they call that thing uh, chaz 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 yeah <laughs> chaz. autonomous zone yeah uh but yeah moved there when she was young grew up you know doing the country life and hunting and farming and gardening and stuff so we talked a little bit about that and she she ain't got no she can't hold a candle to your garden no can't she? no no no. she's no she's in vegas but yeah so then she from oregon uh her family moved down to i believe san bernardino and then from there in southern california and then the guy who she was working for there when she was 18 or something bought land in vegas and wanted to develop it and she's like, oh, I'll go out there for six months and, you know, kind of help you get things started and, what you know, take care of things for you because she had worked for him for a while. And so she went out there for six months and pretty soon he's like, well, why don't you just stay there? We're going to develop it and you're going to sell all the houses. And she's like, what are you talking about? So she got her real estate license, did that for a while, then started her own brokerage when she was 25. She's... Uh, been in vegas 30 years doing real estate for 30 years wow um, cool. but she's really she's been doing a lot of stuff with kids like she's really into uh mistreatment of kids in any fashion um you know she's, she's been advocating yeah and- advocating for years giving money and and donating time and resources to traffic you know trafficking kids groups and trying you know make it a forefront mm-hmm. stuff like that and she, I mean, we had a good talk. You should listen to good it. The thing is, talk. she's not a politician. Yeah, she's definitely not a politician. She's, you know, definitely rides the America first, um, you know, secure the, all, everything that we believe in. Gun rights, secure, you know, border rights. Um, Don't give too much away because, yeah, yeah, we'll have to go back and listen. <laughs> but she, she's good. But I really didn't talk a lot about politics because I really, I mean, I, I went into it thinking every, every time she's ever done a podcast or talked with somebody everyone's like how do you feel about this you know what do you think about trump what do you think about this what's the borders the drugs it's the same old spitting it so i you could google her answers exactly you go to where her website and she has every issue that you can think of and she has her policy uh, you know take on it and she all her thoughts i wanted to get to know her because i think you know more about a person in the way they are and would treat people or or how they are in life based on what they've done in life and how their family is raised and how their kids are hurt. She has two kids. One's uh, in the, some fashion of the armed forces. She's a blue, blue Navy. What do they call it? Mom, blue star, a blue star mom. Blue star. When your kids are in the, in the forces, her daughter just graduated and it's going to be either come a doctor or something. She's so her kids are mm. doing, doing, you know, awesome. And so I talk more about, that we kind of got into some issues of how she would vote kind of in Nevada. Um, but you can go back and listen. And the one thing I really talked to her about policy wise of if she does get in, or I said, when she gets in that we got to look at how, um, the possession limit is handled in waterfowl (laughs) because I still think it's a, it's a crock that your daily limit is, seven but you can only have three daily limits before you had to eat or cook you know do something with those seven to be able to go hunt again so i was like we need to make it a a deal to where we change that to where there's wardens out there to catch you doing something wrong if you had 14 ducks on the second day or the first day of the season you're busted if you had 28 on the third day you're busted because obviously you've killed more ducks than your daily limit allows but if they don't catch you in the act 
if you kill seven days, or and most hunters would only do their limit, and you rarely even get to your limit on most days. But if you kill seven a day, you shouldn't have to on that fourth day harvest or process or whatever just to be able to go hunt again. Because it's only, if a warden came to you on the fourth day and you had 28, uh, 28 ducks, you would get busted because your possession limit is only 21. So you either have to turn it into jerky, eat it. But something. are you saying, uh, what, what would you like to see the possession limit be? Unlimited. Because I should not have to, if the daily limit is seven, I should be able to save all that food till the end of the season or, or how I see fit. If I wanted to f- do a big party feed, game feed at the end of the year, and I only was allowed at most 21 ducks, right? That's not going to feed anything. But that's they, what they have them for because of the way that commercial duck hunting decimated the be. population so bad. Used to be. But if you open it back up, what stops it from being that? Because there's a daily limit. If I went and But killed, if you shot if you shot 7 a day for every day of the limit, could our population handle set, you know, many, a lot of people no doing one, that? How many times have you ever shot a limit every day you've gone out? More days you shoot less than the limit or skunked. Sure. And no one's going to do that and why do they set the limit of seven? Because I say no, because they allow seven. If you did it properly and ate seven birds every other day or put it to jerky, you could kill seven a day because you're allowed sure. possession. So they that's built in. So if, if everyone did it legally and killed seven a day, seven a day, on the third day you ate seven to go back out and kill seven, eight, seven, kill, you know, processed it. They allow that to happen regardless if you True. did it properly. Hmm. So here, and Joel was here, Blakesley, because he's the one who set this whole, uh, they met at a trap, she went to a trap and rendezvous over in Ely or something and she was there and meeting people. That's how this all came to be. But he made it a good point. We pay, we pay for a license mm-hmm. to go kill um, the the resource, right? Deer, whatever. We kill a deer. That's now our property. It's our property. How is the government allowed to tell you what you can do with your property after the fact that it's yours? You paid for the license. You paid to go kill it legally, the seven. Right. Now the government shouldn't be able to come back in and say, you have to eat seven to go hunt again. It's, it's my property. I can save my ducks or eat it when I want or sure. do what I want with it. How can If you're going to bust me, you have to bust me killing eight a day or more than a three-day possession a, within like a two-day period. Right. I agree. I mean, <laughs> I agree. I, I never really understood that. And it, it gets really confusing when you start bouncing over state lines and stuff. And even like I remember chucker hunting because like chucker hunting – some years would be six in Nevada, would be seven or eight in like Oregon. Yeah. And it's very easy to go truck around in Oregon up by McDermott and then come right down into Nevada and truck around again. You theoretically could kill, you know, 15, 14 birds, whatever. And then you should be able to go back out and do that again, right? Like you stay the night in McDermott, go hunt Oregon in the morning, hunt Nevada in the afternoon, kill double limit again, and you're way over your possession limit at that point. But you're in two different states hunting on two different possession limits. You bought the two tags, you bought the two licenses, you are able to do that, so why not? So I I agree. Yes, there are people that would always take advantage of it, just like in everything. But there's wardens there in place, there's laws there. And if you get busted, the book is thrown at you and you lose your hunting rights. Right. 
But for us people that would, and like I said, whatever percentage you want to put on it, most hunters would do it correctly. Right. They're ethical. They're they're not going to go kill twenty buck ducks a day or whatever it is. You know, the other thing is, it, it, I was just playing the devil's advocate with you earlier. You know, you know, when you think about like when it gets good and you can kill a limb, it doesn't last for very long. Right. So you got a very short window to try and put some meat in the freezer. Exactly. Especially you know this year, none of us have a, a big game tag. So if you're looking to have some wild game in your fridge freezer. You know, if you're counting on going duck hunting, it's not going to be good in October. It's probably not going to be great in November. It might get good at the end of November through December, depending on when it freezes and all the other factors that come into it. So, you know, yes, it's a three and a half month season or whatever, but really when you boil it down, you got like three weeks maybe when it's good. And yeah, you should be able to, should be able to make hay while the sun's shining. Yeah. You, you, you shouldn't have to eat seven ducks every well you you hit the nail on the head all it does it makes everybody turn them into jerky which kind of out of necessity right because it's like if you ate duck for dinner what are you eating one maybe two breasts i mean maybe you know so that's you cut it all up into jerky you know what i mean yeah you know it and he and yeah it is it's a weird deal does he have this built that he have this in the workshop this no something that he's no. working on right he now did, just, he, whole, i just brought it up because idea, i've huh? always i've always just thought it was crap because just like any gun law enforce the laws that are on the book there's right. there's laws that you can't kill more than seven in nevada other states are obviously different then i should be able to kill that every day and say and eat that food when i want to eat that food right i bought the tag i paid for the stuff i went and got it illegally a legal way and now you're going to tell me i can't and I get why they did it back in the day, market hunting and, and yeah. do those punt guns, and they'd go down the river and kill a thousand, and you know, and put them in canvas right. and send them over, and that's what decimated. But now with the laws and the wardens out there, I just right. <laughs> I, I don't know that. So anyway, that's one of the things we talked about. I'm like, when you get in, we got to look at this. Uh, what do you think of? <laughs> I mean, so of all the problems in the world, yeah. Here's what we need worked on top, right away. Number one, what do you do day one in office? Uh, I'm going to change the. Hunting. Hey, my name's Stephanie. Yeah. I forgot her last name already. Uh, thank you for electing me as a first order of business. We're going to really look into this waterfowl possession limit. <laughs> no, but you've the, suffered long and hard. <laughs> the cool thing about her is she she. Uh, she, did she get a kick out of that or, or? No, she, no she did but she's like i love this talk because everybody that i've gone around in nevada i've gone she's you know just starting her campaign a couple months ago or i, I think uh march i think she maybe announced um but she's gone to all the rural counties and talked to people and she's not <clears throat> i do this i do this i do this she's actively like what are your needs what do you what it was and then that's what she's like banking on people having the conversation of what people's needs are not coming in and saying this is how i feel and this is how it's going to be please vote for me i want to see what the the public needs and go from there and and they ought to it's i don't i don't really want to talk about politics today (laughs) but what i'm gonna say you know they they've been arguing about the same bs for the last 25 years right it's abortion it's gun rights it's immigration yeah money yeah but it's like dude it's old it's just it really is old and they don't want to do anything about it because that's how they raise their money so you know when when the democrats had the house and the senate and the presidency they could have put a permanent uh protection on abortion and ended that right there 
ended it forever. We never would talk about it again. Yeah. But they didn't do that because that's how they go to their donors and raise money is they say those big bad Republicans are coming after your abortion rights. And the same thing with the gun rights, right? They could have they, they could have put it, you know, whatever stipulations they wanted on all that stuff, too. But they won't because, again, they want to say that, they, you know, that's your evil. You know, I'm going to go to Congress and fight for you the next right, time around. Right, exactly. The next time around. The next next time, time around, you vote for me. We're going we're gonna to really do something about that. <laughs> they don't do anything ever. So we should start working on things like possession limits and, you know, our deer herd that's dwindling in Nevada and things like that, that those uh, – I was going to say well, something it's a smart way. It's a smart way to campaign. It's a, it's a statewide seat, but, you know, they, they got certain sayings in politics, but, you know, kitchen table issues and yep. – you know, all politics or local kind of stuff. So that's what you're getting at, right? You know, those those big hot topics are, are not kitchen table issues. Right. And they're typically pretty smart politicians because you're you're not painting yourself as a R or a D. You're just right. you're a you're a Nevadan, you know. Mm-hmm. I care about it and it does start to get into the big issues, right? Because now it's inflation and money and your you know, how much you're paying for your mortgage or your rent and those are the things people care about. Yeah. They, they they really should, and it doesn't matter what their politics are at the end of the day. And if you can, you know, people are still going to vote on the large issues. Most people are, mm-hmm. but if you can pull over five percent of people that maybe disagree with you on those, and you can actually present those issues, it's a pretty smart strategy. Yeah, yeah. she is, and and she's agreed to only two terms. Good. Like I, I'm a strict believer in the way things used to set up. You'd come off of the fields and work congress and go back to the fields it was a statesman society it's in the constitution it's, it's how it was designed to do citizen and I, legislator i want to go in there i want to you know and get out so that's that yeah that's a were we talking lately that's that's the like my i don't know like main thing that i'd like to see is is just term limits across the board it would change so all of it everything. these 50 year politicians everything. you know diane feinstein's you freaking would be lobbyists brain is gush which is sad to say i'm not you know being mean to an you know an elderly lady but But she's 80 freaking three no she's like 89 right (laughs) and 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 just refuse it out of pure it does you're not doing justice to the american people by trying to hold your seat so that somebody else doesn't get it to the the age of 90 years old where you can look at john fetterman no, hey, no offense, dude. You had a you had a you had a horrible medical, yeah. you know, situation happen to you. You shouldn't be in our political system, Deciding. making decisions for our country, and that's just how it is. It he, ju- you he should, should have be agreed the, to a zero term limit. Yeah, <laughs> but it, at a minimum, you know, these like I said, a two term deal or whatever it is, you know, that you got one term to get it you know your feet wet and figured out and you got one term to make a difference and then go especially as a senator that's 12 years yeah you know we were talking a few podcasts ago about back to the hunting world about kind of self-imposing our you know with mule deer how yeah. do we help the mule deer population kind of, self-impose that? you know do you, do you make a new law you pass it through our state legislator the game board what all that kind of stuff how about we just self-impose let's just do it you know take the responsibility upon ourselves and it's the same thing with politician i'm not a because literally to get a constitutional amendment that's what it would take to put term limits on congress both the house and so because that's what happened with presidents presidents didn't have term limits initially a constitutional amendment changed that you need to have two-thirds of the states ratify that yeah and they won't do it because super majorities all the things you have to do to get a to get a 
constitutional amendment passed. More laws, more, yeah. law, more you know, more we, money. We, more. we, we, the people should be doing it. So we should. We there have been there have been a select few, and they're usually really good. I can think of a senator from years back. He's passed away now from cancer, but uh, from Oklahoma, same thing. He promised two terms. I don't, you know, some of them actually. You think about more modern day too. There's some people that are on TV. You think of like a Trey Gowdy. Um, Chaffetz is a guy from Utah. They were they were congressmen. They quit. Yep. Yeah. I didn't go to Washington to be part of that swamp and stuff. That place would just eat you alive. And, you know, they probably are chasing a dollar to a certain degree because they're both TV personalities that, on a small scale. But, you know, they kind of they went there and they saw how vicious it was. And it's like, that's what I want, what I want to do with my life. So, I don't know. It's kind of tough both ways because people like that, you kind of want them to stick around for a little while because right. they're there for the right reason. Like, they didn't want to stay there any longer because they felt like they'd get corrupted by it. Like they're never ever gonna get anything done, so it's tough on both sides of it. Yeah, and that's right. what that's you what know, the, you want them to stay. Joel around. was like, but you, you also to... don't want to force them out. Like, what do you force them out? Because that's what term limits are. Why not just have them self-impose? Right. I'm not gonna. It more. It's like the principle of it, really. You know, when I'm going there, I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna run for two terms. Um, the guy in Wisconsin that just won, Ron Johnson, he said that. He said I'm running for two terms. Was he ran on both times and won both times? He ran a third term and just won barely in Wisconsin. Basically saying, you know what, like I still, you know, I got work to do. I think I can still be effective. You got it. I kind of admire that a little bit, even though he's going into 18 years. You know, he's going to be there for 20 years practically by the time right. he's done. And he did tell his, his constituents he was gone. But it's it's a tough one because I could draw the positives and the negatives. But when you're there six terms, you know, you're Harry Reid, you're, you're Mitch McConnell, you're, you're Diane Feinstein. Feinstein. Who, who, who was that other guy? That, Bird? So many of the, them. So many. The, Every one of them. They're in there into their 80s. And that, the, the whole thing is it's like, I don't care who you are. You, you're going to, we're losing touch with the younger generation, right? Think how out of touch someone is that's 90 years old. And it's not, it's just life, dude. You, sure. you know, you, you grew up in a very different place than all of us. And and you know people younger than us grew up in even a more different place than what those people grew up in and it's like you know you you gotta you would think at some point they would go hey but you know enough's enough you don't you don't see a lot of you know 90 you know plus year old ceos and stuff in the world because everything's moving and evolving and most people aren't moving and evolving with it i i i'm gonna guess if you ask diane feinstein to convert a pdf to a you know, word file. She's not going to know how to do that. Her, her aide will. Her, her aide could probably do it for her, but you know, you got to have your finger on the pulse a little bit. It just, I don't yeah, know. It's all t- I don't want to talk about politics. <laughs> 20 minutes later. 20 minutes later. <laughs> well, anyway, Stephanie Phillips, Phillips for Nevada, I believe is her website. Um, and what would be cool is she would be the first woman Republican Senator in Nevada. Wow. Mm-hmm. She'd be going up against uh we have two women right now, so she's going up to, yeah. against the less known, probably weaker candidate of the two. Who? Jackie, Jackie Rose. Oh, yeah. But Jackie, well, really both of them, both uh, Cortez Masto and, and Rosen were kind of handpicked by the Harry Reid machine that's slowly dwindling away, mm-hmm. but it's still there. That structure's still there. They're, so they're basically kind of his little handpicked people and it'd be great to get rid of at least one she barely won last time right cortez masco or did she do pretty good it was like two points it was close 1.8 percentage points or something her race the first time was pretty close rosen's was real close i'm trying to remember but rosen 
Yeah. Rosen was really Man, she'll be Nevada's back always close. No matter what, Nevada's – it doesn't matter what position it is. I mean, yeah. two, three, four, maybe five points at the most is, is just – It's just a matter kind of, of state. if – most Republicans win all rurals, and how good you can do in Vegas. And, and how Washington. many how many people have come in from California that are going to potentially change the way they've always voted? That's that's the kicker, yeah. modern day to me. We've had such a huge influx. Of we talked about that too. They, <laughs> coming they, from California, they vote, leaving the shithole, and then coming here and voting the same way. Yep. And they're still they're just still coming here by the masses, dude. It's crazy. You know that's what Nevada's real estate never really took too hard of a dip because uh, yeah. There's so much coming in. I was here. just talking with a buddy. Um, October, September, or October. I think there's a new. It's going to be like the third company. So you have Switch, you have Tesla, Panasonic. Another huge buildings going in out there. Hardwood, something. You don't know the name. Haven't heard it. But they're they're opening up shop. I guess in about October. So they're the lithium disposal company huh. from all around the world. So that's that's like a processing center that's going out there and talk about another big, huge influx. I, I don't know if he knows what the real numbers are, but you're probably talking, I mean, obviously thousands and thousands of people that are going to be working there. They're going to be looking for homes to rent, own, <laughs> hmm. you know, invest in, all that kind of stuff. So it's not going to slow down. Right. It well, makes sense because, I mean, I, I still know how many apartment complexes just keep popping up. God, the, only, the only thing, there's two things that are going to maybe affect it. One is we do have a lot of commercial, and commercial is not doing good right, right now. Um, brick and mortar is not big. Like commercial. commercial as far as in town, like commercial as far as out there. That, you know, the we were just saying there, that stuff's but, doing great. But. Um, but there's a lot of commercial that's not doing, and another thing, which is not very big here in Nevada per se, more in Vegas, I would say, than Reno, but Airbnb. Airbnb has uh, gone down 50%, like in the top 15 or 20 cities around the country, rental rental people of Airbnb. and In it's big cities. Big cities. Ours is, the one that I help manage is way down. It, because it, people aren't traveling, they don't have the people extra aren't traveling income, and, discretionary. And, all those houses that people are holding are now going to just cause so much more product on the market because they're not going to hold it if no one's renting them because they're not moving back into it. And these, you know, Airbnbers that have 10 properties and they, no one's coming to lease it. They're not going to keep those properties. They're going to sell them. So there's going to be a mass influx of those. Which not, will do what the prices, if you get that big dump of, let's just use that one example. Some guy, the some prices will go properties, down. They're going to sell eight of them. The prices, prices should are going go to go down, down. right? Because supply goes demand up. goes exactly. up. But I mean, if supply, supply goes, goes up, both yeah. go up. It could and level, there'll be more but, competition, and, yeah. you know, to, or more products, so people don't have to pay as much because there's more stuff. So yeah. prices will go down to a degree. Gimmicks, you know, buy down on your points. All the different gimmicks, I guess, will start to come back up to entice people to buy yours. Well, especially because of the interest rates. Yeah, interest rates are still at seven. That's what have. That's, that's what's killing. But if you can, the only good thing about f affording something right now, if you can afford something, um, you get it, and you're going to have built-in equity. Some, you know, get it. But then when the interest rates do drop, and they go from seven to freaking two, you're going to have that big ass house payment and restructure down to that two percent when it gets back down to that sure. or three percent your payment's going to be, you know, a third of what it was for a big-ass house or whatever it is. Right. So that's one good thing about if you have the ability to buy right now. But 
still the prices are going to be coming down more. Mm. But other than that, other than that, everything's great. Phillips for Nevada. Yes, she's coming back up. She's coming back up, and she wants to do more and more. Um, she wanted to do a fundraiser up here on the seventeenth, but I'll be gone. Yeah. It really is still an important aspect of the conversation because there's a lot of us native, born and raised, and we have kind of those Nevada values. But when you have that many people coming in, in from outside, yeah. You know, you wonder what kind so, of the, what those kitchen table issues are hey, because I mean, there's no doubt everybody's struggling right now. Even fairly wealthy people are not, you know, whatever it is, their investments aren't doing as well. So, you know, nobody's real happy with their economics right now. No. Why would, why would you not vote a different well, way? If, you know if, what? uh, if you're, cause you're racist, if you vote the other no, way, if you're the, uh, spokesman's for Biden, Bidenomics are working, man. And. The past couple of days, they've just been spewing. Built with equity oh, at what, center. He's in, I, I just caught a little glimpse. He's he's going to be in trouble again over some text messages with Hunter. Oh, yeah. Another one came out. Another one some, Another. asking someone for a million bucks for some deal. Yep. I'm sitting right here with my dad. Yeah. No, that's, that's, he wasn't that's a week old. But he, yeah, did you yeah, see him? He started Brandon yelling today. That's Biden? A, no, yeah. He, somebody asked him like he was going, like getting on a plane or, or Air Force, the helicopter, Air Force. Or whatever Marine it's called. One. Marine One, thank you. Um, and you know, you walk by all the people. Yeah, they call it the press gaggle. <laughs> the press gaggle. And someone's like, do you want to say something? Do you still stick by what you said a long time ago that you didn't have anything to do with his business dealings or didn't ever talk to him about it? <laughs> yeah, and he's laughing. And he's like, were you in the room? And he's like, he just like, no. Like yelled, like, everyone's like, Oh, wow. you, know, okay. you know what they wanted to do on that deal? <laughs> I was reading up on, you know, so that we have we have like three different IRS whistleblowers, and oh, then yeah. there's like six witnesses to the fact that the the prosecutor was telling everybody that he's hamstrung. I, I can't make the call on, on David Weiss. Making, you know, so there's all that going on. But a big part of that, simple part of that investigation, they had this 2019, right? They had that. They had all those emails and everything. So they knew this conversation about. Uh, you better send us the five million bucks when I'm sitting right here with my dad. You know, there's no reason to squabble over peanuts. All the stuff he was saying, they wanted to simple. How so? How would you maybe go about investigating if you're a techie investigator? Ping his phone or something. Was, yeah. Check his cell phone. Simple. Check his cell phone and see if the cell phone's in the same room. They wouldn't let him do it. And now, like they wanted to do it, like one of those whistleblowers, like that was the way we could kind of look at maybe. And he like, had, they knew he had he that just fake phone smoke or, or that what? side phone. They so never let him look into it, which kind of tells you, right? Yep. They were hiding it, so mm-hmm. like, oh, we better not let him investigate that because he was in the room. There's two <laughs> things that I find that's kind of. Why are we talking about politics? I guess we are going to talk about politics for a minute but longer, aren't we? The two things that have come up that like the media, I would hope, would catch, but it all these leaks about. Trump, right? In the documents case in Florida, there's two things about that that I find that have come out that a lot of, it's not a lot on mainstream media and a lot of people aren't talking about it, is in in the um, affidavit that they arrested him on, it was like on a hundred and something pages that he was supposed to be in, not in control of. Remember those pictures that they leaked? Of oh, yeah. 500 boxes in the bathroom around. and yeah, papers yeah. everywhere and 700 boxes in on the stage and this back. There was all these pictures that were leaked 
and the affidavit he was not supposed to so they put out that like to make everybody think right oh away. my god look at all he these just had them laying around this the had floor, laying around yeah. and everybody had access to him and yeah. look at all this stuff everywhere 101 pages and those were in those you know those boxes file, that you file, file boxes, boxes yeah. that you get all your you know blank sh- paper in um 101 photos would be like a it's like a hundred an inch and a half thick at the bottom of one box yeah you figure a, a ream of papers 500 sheets and right? it's two inches tall so you're you're talking that, you're, 101 pages yeah. or something like that and so that's how much in one box but they release all these pictures of all these boxes to make people think mm-hmm. yeah that trump is has all these papers just out in the middle where when in reality if he does say that it's, it's let's say everything is true but 101 pages that big in one box. So why leak all that stuff? Mm-hmm. Then, As opposed to the, the the picture of Biden's Corvette with yeah. the boxes, they just wasn't it like a newspaper clipping or just yep. it wasn't it wasn't taken by official people. Right. But there is this picture out there with that garage door open. Yeah. yeah, I think it was when he was doing maybe Jay Leno. I think that's what it was. Driving away he, had, he had the driving thing and he was yeah. doing the Jay Leno show and they just they happened to have that in the background. Somebody found it mm-hmm. and that was. That was authentic. And those right. boxes were just, they literally were just laying around the garage. Yep, right next to his yeah. car. Trump's, they had to stage. They had to freaking stage it. Uh, and then the other thing that's a leak, right? The latest in the last two days was the audio. Oh, yeah, of, I heard of that. Him, him, him saying that, oh, look at these classified, whatever he said. Yeah. But if you go back to the affidavit, what he's talking about and the pic- the papers that he says might be classified, regardless of the law of him not him being able to take whatever the hell he wants to take and declassify that's fine but what they're all bashing him on and what the leak is about is that he's talking and showing people these papers none of that is even in the affidavit they didn't even they didn't even arrest him on that that's not even part of the charge right so So. they're leaking all this stuff to make him look bad because they know that they know it's going to look bad they don't have anything they don't have anything and so it's just like everything did we ever did we ever hear trump say Verbally, did we ever hear him say the shithole countries? No, no, that was leaked, supposed, right? Yeah. Did we ever hear him grab him by the talk? pee? It, we heard that. There were certain ones we have, but there's leaked I've, though. But but I'm saying there's actually specific. There's a lot of things that have been attributed to Trump that we've never even heard him say. That he was going. Somebody to, said he oh, said. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah. he was going to jump through the presidential uh, window, limousine yes. window. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. East didn't go over based to, yeah. on a lady that yeah. said that she was there, but she actually wasn't. She heard it from this dude. <laughs> right. that heard it from this dude. <laughs> right. So and, I know. So you're there's now, plenty yeah. of times during his presidency I could go on, on and oh, on. Yeah, the one. Uh, uh, the, the good people they, that actually he said but they take that little clip when he says there was good people on both sides with yep. the KKK and the yeah and the Charlottesville all that stuff you know he was talking about people who actually believe that you know we should keep these. so there's so but there's there's a lot of instances where yeah Trump said that no actually tell show me where yep. let me listen to it no no that was actually somebody leaked it right <laughs> so how was Jack Daniels <laughs> The rodeo was great. Uh, the rodeo was great this year. I, I mean, it wasn't great for me. It was just a lot of work, but I think we could. It save, went by quick. I think we can save the uh, the Lynchburg trip for another podcast. <laughs> yeah, we plan on talking. We wouldn't, we wouldn't give a good. St- Clint got back to Lynchburg. I'm, about, I'm hot and sweaty. Podcasts, I'm hot and you know? sweaty now. They kind of go off somewhere, you know. I know you go on a little tangent. Believe it or not, it's already been one hour close to and. There's no reason to touch on your Lynchburg trip here. We'll, we'll foreshadow it. Yeah. That's the, you know, we alluded earlier, Alex was talking about. Let's foreshadow this. Would you weeks. bring us back? That's where we were at. 
What well, did you the, go to do? What the foreshadowing do? is, is that, yeah, the purpose of us going was to do a barrel taste. No, no, no. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> you said you had some 103-year-old hooch or said you bring me I back a little it. thimble so, full to try? I mean, there there was... What was it? Uh, how old was it? Top of the... Well, so so any single barrel. So we did a single barrel rye te- barrel tasting. That was the official... That was a big thing that we were doing there. We did another thing that was kind of a special... A spontaneous if you will kind of a thing that was i mean very very special vip type stuff so to go out with the single barrel rise single barrels always picked from the top floor of the warehouses there's different size warehouses they got warehouses that house twenty thousand barrels and then they got some that house sixty thousand barrels and everything in between so you can imagine they got almost a hundred of them Wow. It's, just, it's just like the sheer volume of 100 right. barrel houses 20 to 60,000 so, so just let's go in the middle wow. 40k per house and they've got right now i think they got 91 or 92 by the end of the year they're gonna have 100 houses wow. now these new houses are, are state-of-the-art uh, steel tilt-ups and you know they're big huge metal warehouses but the old ones are wood right so we go into one of these wood warehouses i, I guess we'll just share this one story just to allude to it so the first thing we go in there and she, you know, there's a string coming down. She says, make sure you don't hit the string. I just want you to pay attention to the string right here. Cause these houses are so old and we've got so many barrels in them that that string is passed through this little hole, little eyelet at every level, seven stories high, seven floors high of, of barrels. <laughs> and you know, they start taking some off of one corner, this size, this damn house starts to lean. <laughs> That's how old it is. All so when the lean. string starts to touch so one side, you got to start, start. They got to start. So they have this equation. Well, wow. that's pulling that way. That's so cool. we got to pull them off of this side. So you're sitting there going, that's interesting. So you start climbing up these stairs that are, <laughs> uh, Jack Daniels himself was five foot two. So these stairs were kind of, they're not meant for big people. You're kind of ducking underneath. There's cobwebs everywhere. It's real cool down on the bottom. And then it's real hot at the top. So when you get up to the single barrel level, you get all the way up top, and that's a big reason why it's a it's a more aged, better whiskey is that it's at the top of the house. So you're getting that heat Exchange. that's pulling that whiskey in and out of the wood of the barrel much more consistently. So it's going to have darker, mm. darker color. It's going to be more you know more potent as far as alcohol content. It's not going to lose. Jack Daniels comes out as moonshine essentially, so it loses alcohol content as it sits in there. But up top, it doesn't lose as much because of the heat. So you get you get a higher proof. You get this really rich color. So we go up there, and Lexi lets me walk down this plank in between two of the uh, two of the barrel lines, Rose. and she sticks a little screw in there and starts tapping a barrel. So we did a barrel tapping also. Nice. So we literally, so we, I, you know, hell, she popped it out. And of she there. pushes like she a, does a air vent hole up top, right. and then the next one, and I, I just hold a hold a little flask up below it and. Filled and then it up with sticks a ten year old, ten or twelve year old. I think it was a ten year old house that, that, that those barrels have been in there. Um, so that would be your single barrel Tennessee yeah, that, whiskey. That was regular, and then you that was your regular for the barrel. Yeah, it was yeah. a rye. We did a rye. Yeah. So, but they're both at least ten years old. So your single barrels are going to be ten years old. Your normal Jack Daniels number seven to be Tennessee whiskey slash bourbon has to be aged for four years minimum. So any any bourbon out there, whiskey, bourbon specifically, has to be four years old. So think about requirements. the number, the amount of Jack Daniels that is made every single day to fill all those 
and st- be sitting there for a minimum of four. I was going to say that's a, but still producing and giving right. Think thousands about and ones thousands going out. Got to be thousands. ones. I was going to say. Think about the logistics of you know because you know like my business for instance i'm out of strawberry ice cream i can make it tomorrow and put it in the freezer and it's ready to go the next day you know they they got four if they run low on inventory you you got four years (laughs) so they're putting barrels on shelves right now and they gotta they gotta have really smart people that are looking at the economics of four 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 to to 12 years later of is this whiskey still going to be really popular is it still going to be popular it's in 162 countries around the world or you know, they got to be able to forecast just like Wall Street people and all that kind of stuff. What's what's the commodity going to be like? Mm-hmm. Not right now, because right now is what, what we're doing, you know, right. four or five. Yeah, if we make 100,000 barrels today, can we sell 100,000 <laughs> yes. barrels in four yeah. years? <laughs> How much? So just, just to finish on that, just to, to finish the, the Tennessee whiskey conversation for this podcast, what, what, do you, what would you guess that that inflow outflow is? How much? Jack Daniels whiskey in gallons is produced on a weekly basis. Well, we sold two pallets worth at the rodeo. <laughs> uh, and that and, and it's and, and the thing it's about Jack Daniels, it's only made there. It's only made at Linder. Yeah. It's not made, being made anywhere else. So that place, that that property. Are we talking like how many how per many, day? Is that what you said? How many gallons of whiskey goes? Do they produce every week? A week, five point five million. Whoa! No, no, no. I would two say two and a half million. Whoa! Wait a minute. Gallons, gallons. I would gallons. say 100,000 gallons a week. They do 15,000 gallons a week. That's crazy how high you guys guessed. But now if, think about that for just a second. Pause. 15,000 gallons every week. Yeah, that's crazy. I just, I, for some reason, I thought that's it was going to be. That's new. So 750 milliliter, your, your tip, you know, the handle's yeah. the big one, one liter. But so think of the handles. Just go by the big handle. That's one liter. Yeah. I don't know exactly what the conversion is to a gallon, but there's 15,000 of them going out every single week. 15,000 going out, 15,000 being barreled up, yeah. 15,000 barrels being broken down or shipped off to another place that uses the oh, barrels. Oh, so that's a hell of an operation. Three liters in a gallon. So that's 45,000 handles a week. Yeah, and they're not all made in the handles, obviously. But yeah, so that, is that, so cut that in half. Seven fifty is half of that. So right. and so are all 90, those ninety thousand? And are those all across the spectrum of Jack Daniel's products, or only fifteen thousand of Jack Black, or is that so fifteen thousand gallons of rye Jack Black? There's, there's I, I don't know exactly those numbers, but there's three stills that make Tennessee whiskey nonstop, twenty four seven, never never stop right wow. to go through the whole process of making it into the charcoal mellowing yeah that takes 10 days just for that whiskey drop to go through the charcoal mellowing to the bottom 10 days just to filter its way down through there every single little drop mm. so there's three stills going 24 7 365 and you go oh that's not very much these stills are like yeah, yeah i mean i think we were on the third floor they're huge they're massive they're 100 they percent every copper. barrel there and then there's different. one rye still and there's one uh, malted, malted barley, hmm. malt. Uh, one rye and one one malted. Hmm. So they're they're doing three times the amount of whiskey uh, that they're doing of rye, for example. <clears throat> You'd think that they'd be making a little bit more every day, because forecast. I mean, 
it's just going up and up. People are drinking more and more. I would say whiskey, <laughs> bourbon is about the hottest thing. Right yeah. now. So so competition's think, getting more and more every day, though. Too, you know. You got, yeah, but you got a different. But you got a different. Freaking hence why they're doing a lot more products, right? Yeah. I mean, you think about a decade ago, what you what could you get that was a Jack Daniels product? Black number seven, yeah. old number seven, gentleman Jack, single barrel. Mm-hmm. What's what's new in the last ten? I mean, I don't even know, but for sure, ten years. Well, in the last year, there's the, been the bonded, the you know, triple uh, mash, the triple mash, the rye, cinnamon, the cinnamon, <laughs> cinnamon, apple, honey, yeah. Right, but it also used to be, yeah. So, you know, you know, in all the other countries, imagine what they got to do bottling wise. There are certain countries that they that that are not necessarily legit countries, and they're shipping it too. So they have to have the way they bottle it. Like you see a bottle in the United States, you're not going to have that same bottle in in Czechoslovakia or some other countries because people are they actually have a a patented um, top on it where it only flows out. So you can only pour the whiskey out of this. So you can't take a Jack bottle and fill it full old pro or whatever. Fill it up with some crap and then sell it as Jack Daniels. Right. So they have these like anti-theft kind of tops. You know what? Certain countries you got to have a a a sticker. You know that has to break once you talk. Like Italy, for example, because of customs and different stuff that has to do with their laws. And I saw a thing the other day. Even states in the U.S. here. when they run out, they have to they have to basically damage the label of the bottles so that you can't reuse them and stuff like that. It, that I've I've been to a bar. I, I watched a lady pour well vodka into a Tito's bottle because the there, there was five people at the bar drinking Tito's. She ran out of it. She didn't want to charge them for the cheaper stuff. Darn near right in front of them, just turned around and was pouring. You know. Yeah whatever the cheap stuff is right into the Tito's bottle. Then when they order a Tito's, you just grab it and pour it. That's, yeah, I think I that's very common. It's totally against the law. State, but it totally, totally against the law, right? You lose your liquor license. Everything. All, all that yeah. stuff, sure. I would just say, I was, I was saying, I would think they're making more every day. Like three years ago, they were only oh, yeah. 10,000 they're, they're gallons. Up. They're way up. You know, before that. But, so. you know, Jack Daniels used to be, and I don't take this the wrong way, but I mean, Jack Daniels would would have would have been a brand you saw on a bar's rail, you know, a well like a well drink, like a working man's whiskey. Yeah, you're saying it's sure. yeah, it's it's and now it's above that. Whether whether it's because things have come in under it and elevated, or just people realized, you know, how that good it, it was. Yeah, I think it's, because it was. It's always it's obviously always been American made, and it's it's uh, it's affordable. Right. So isn't that part of that? Like, oh, this is, I mean, here's X bourbon on the shelf and it's $70 and Jack right. Daniels 33 bucks. It's like, oh, it must be cheap. <clears throat> it's not necessarily a sign of its quality because it's, it's the same whiskey that Jack Daniels was making. Hey, that reminds me of suppressors. Yeah. Remember Tim, you know, put out a, put out a badass suppressor and had it marked at 350 bucks and no one would buy it because they were like, must be junk. Same one, 800 now you can't keep them on the shelf because yeah. so that it's answers, like perception. That you know what I mean? Because probably the first thing that brought Jack Daniels maybe into the mainstream was, and they've never they've never had to pay an, a person for endorsement. They've never had somebody think about all the products out there that hire Sha- sure. Shaquille O'Neal to sell their product and pay him big money. Right? Jack Daniels has never done that. That's crazy. 
Yeah, like never, Fra- Frank Sinatra just liked Jack Daniels. Nectar, that's the one I was going to say. That Frank Sinatra, when Frank Sinatra would open his show up, that pretty much you could see their sales just went spiked. You know, it was post fifties essentially. Right. You know, it was there's whole whole lot of history. You know, prohibition and all that kind of stuff. We, yeah. We'll get into it a later later time. But when he started taking a sip before he started his show and being as cool as he was and saying Nectar of the Gods, I'm sure people went. Ooh, what's, what's that stuff? Uh, yeah. Oh, that's that. I think like more, said, that's that. That's that working man's whiskey kind of stuff. He he says it's the nectar of the gods. It must be pretty good. Boom. I think uh, one last thing. The more they learn about Jack Daniels, too, not 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 the whiskey itself, but the company itself. I mean, there's people that have been working there for generational. Oh yeah, multiple I mean, family multiple members. generational, multiple yeah. families that have been. We so, can get into you know, all that. I got to experience it firsthand. Yeah, so I've been there a couple times. Anyway, we're not, we're not talking about it today. We're done. We're done. Let's talk about politics. We're done with talking about politics. Oh. We're done with all of it. <laughs> done with all of it. It was a hell no, of a, a, hell of a we, we literally started out today. We were going to talk about <laughs> we had a we had we had a weekend in, in San Francisco with Will Clark and shooting clay pigeons and ZZ birds. And, yeah. And, and we were going to talk about that. We didn't even bring it up till I just said it right now. We were going to talk about Clinch trip to Lynchburg, Tennessee, where he he touched on what he's done but he did a bunch of other cool stuff we didn't talk about that we wrapped ourselves around politics again but you're welcome this show again was brought to you by rob roberts (laughs) he is not a politician but he's a heck of a gun guru he's got great products check him out so you know what's coming at you in the next couple uh episodes our weekend with will the thrill was unbelievable and we're going to tell you every detail about it and then clint's going to go nuts on jack daniels and the nectar of the gods. We'll see you next time. See you. See you.